0: Welcome to Tuk Talk, a video podcast by the band Took, and brought to you by Black Frog Media. We chat with the best in the music industry from yesterday and today, with a focus on the good old days of Canadian rock. This episode originally streamed live on Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021 on Facebook Live. Now, here are your hosts, Todd, Brent, Shane, Corey, and Darren. There we go, action! Hey, action, Darren. You really have to fix that graphic. It's all like blurry and staticky I and know. stuff. <laughs> it's just bad reception. There, you know, <laughs> that's like something like your dad
1: would say, or something like your grandpa. Yeah. I, I tried to watch you guys, but that thing's all blurring. And <laughs>
2: <laughs> Speaking uh, of we're, we're just, a, to, uh, you we're just all all real estate. Today. I know. Yeah. I just stretch, stretch out, stretch right out.
0: Uh, where is everybody?
2: Yeah, what's uh, uh, what's happening?
1: we uh Shane and Brent are uh they're uh, I think they're doing like a mob dance scene at the mall or something like that that would be exactly. mob. yeah that'd be really interesting yeah uh no, Shane's they're both busy so uh it's skeleton crew today which will be fun It'll be fun yeah. It'll be what's That's right uh, cuz i just anything? don't get enough i just don't get enough chance to talk so <laughs>
2: Well, today's your day, Todd. <laughs> well, you know, we had to we had to do it without Shane and Brent because they're always so chatty. You know, yes, that's, that's true. You yeah, yeah. Never get a word in with those guys.
1: Yes, no, I know. Yeah. yeah, they're they're in the penalty box <laughs> two minutes.
0: <laughs> well, today's kind of a different day too because we're actually not live today, right? Because yeah, we're recording. Yeah, because as you guys are seeing this, Brent and Todd have some work obligations that we couldn't do it on this day, so we pre-recorded it. It's basically like us in like
1: those like those vests on the side of the road picking up garbage. You know, it's it's a <laughs> community so let's make service. Some, let's make
2: some predictions to see if we're right in two weeks. Like, let's see, you know, if we can read the future oh, here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right okay, now, yeah. right now in two weeks. Let's make. What do you think? Some sort of.
1: Hey, I can't believe something. I can't believe that UFO landed in uh, New York City. That was crazy, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be you know, an amazing now, prediction. Now, if that happens and right. uh greg godovich if you're watching you know, <laughs> you can, uh, <laughs> yeah exactly that's right we know well that, i guess uh, it's not all that
1: unidentified if we actually see it and it lands we're definitely identifying it it's that's like, right it's
2: wasn't there wasn't there something that somebody posted online that happened in la that they were having a tough time deciding whether or not it was real i mean i thought it was in florida
1: was it or was it maybe i
2: don't know was in california
0: which some kind of ufo thing
2: well you know, some yeah lights, and they, lights they in the sky the best you know computer you know whatever analysts look at it and to see if it was obviously photoshopped and i guess half the people were on the fence as to whether or not it was real and you know whatever but i, I figure i guess if it was real it probably would have been something that we'd all have heard about <laughs> so yeah it's yeah. getting
1: harder and harder to to you know I can't imagine how, how crazy it's going to be 20, 30 years from now, as far as CGI and stuff like that goes. My wife and I are at that point in the uh, that point in uh, lockdown where it's like, you want to watch just like the Marvel movies in chronological order? Okay. Press <laughs> one. <laughs> you just sit there. <laughs> and it's like, so every night we kind of sit down to eat. We put on a movie. And you're watching like, I don't know when it went. i I'm trying to think when Iron Man came out or whatever. But We're talking like at least 10, 15. Almost, probably not 15 but somewhere years ago so you're watching cgi kind of like chronologically and as the budgets get bigger and bigger yeah you know it's just starting to blow your mind where but there is funny how like you can go back and watch early cgi and start to go
2: <laughs> you know. What I, mean? like, <laughs> I was just gonna say like i think it was on i don't know where i stumbled on i'm thinking you know remember the movie clash of the titans yes you know and yeah, that was you know, terrible it was like and then at the time you're like oh my god this Flying Pegasus and this Medusa. <laughs> it just seems so crazy. Mm.
0: Try watching that now. It, it's painful. Oh, Same as the uh, the Greatest American Hero flying scenes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty hard to watch. Any any of of I love those things. It. I love both. Of the, yeah, I love Greatest American Hero and uh, Clash of the Titans as yeah. a kid. Well, so. We, we we have those attachments. We had just before we did all this, we started
1: talking about all the old formats of eight tracks and CDs and ca- cassettes. How there's a sort of a romantic attachment to these things. That it's the same with the TV shows we watch. I've been like watching Space nineteen ninety nine, an English uh, sci fi show, which is like you know it, it's borderline ridiculous that I'm sitting watching it. But I'm like I just watched it as a kid, so I'm just kind of romantically like this is so cool. <laughs> but like you know you're like what passes for. You know, for special effects at, at certain phases, we have to kind of, you know, have a certain amount of uh, suspended disbelief. That sometimes, at, in this day and age, for kids who are growing up on stuff, it's like no, one hundred percent. That robot is there; it's real, or, or yeah, that right. monster, or that 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 uh, dinosaur, whatever it is. It's like so. In ten years from now, I'm just like, well,
0: eventually, it's just yeah. gonna be like, why even hire actors? <laughs> just uh, CGI it, them in. It used yeah, to be yeah. like. You know, they couldn't do the CGI effects back in the day, so they'd have the axe on one frame, and then it would go out of frame, and you hear the sound, and that was even, because you had to use your imagination of what just happened, right? Right, right, right. So, that was almost more effective than actually seeing it now, the way they do show that kind of stuff.
1: You worked in that for a minute, didn't
0: you? Yeah, I did, yep. Doing uh, 3D animation, CG effects, and that sort of stuff. And Crazy. Yeah, so cool. Imagine, imagine crashes. if that. See, if if Corey never got the call from Shania, he would have been going down that road. That's he would have right. been at Skywalker Ranch right now, working for yep. uh, Star Wars. Well, I got to go to Skywalker Ranch as a result of being with Shania because we there went through go. San Francisco with the tour, and I called up their public relations person. I said, "Hey, you want some tickets to the Shania Twain concert? That's uh, the way to it. You know, I'll trade you for a tour of Skywalker Ranch." So we all went, and uh, well done. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Name dropping, yeah.
2: name dropping. Oh, yeah, that's that's cool. that's I how know. That's how you do it. It's you got it use it you know. You yeah, totally. When you got it. Look who's yeah. here. Oh, oh look oh. out! Surprise. All
1: right. Okay, Hi, wait, Sorry. We, we take back all the shit talking we were just doing. Yeah, yeah. No.
2: <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> okay, all right. No, we <laughs> that nobody predicted that. We just you know out of nowhere. So sorry. We're um, doing the you were doing the late shift, were you?
3: Well, I, yeah. I've been staying up pretty late, but um, Chrissy takes the dogs in at noon every day. It's a th- Or 11.30, um, well, our dog has to have injections. Mm. You pet owners, you know, understand. When the dog gets old or a cat gets old, you know, is all these new things you have to deal with. Anyway, when the dogs leave, they just bark the whole time until Chrissy gets home. Yeah. So, oh, wow. And there's nothing I can do. So they're barking in the background, and I'm just like, I can't scold them because they just miss their mom. But uh, course, three yeah. dogs, but as opposed to, you know, one dog barking is, is terrible. So I was just about to pull the plug because I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and just have you guys listen to barking but i can mute my my dogs hate the vacuum so when i
0: bring out the vacuum any barking that happens stops immediately and oh really we don't we don't abuse our dogs with the vacuum cleaner they just hate it (laughs) 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 well yoda in particular Yoda in particular and maz barks because Yoda barks of so Yoda stops Moz stops <laughs> right right it's lucky, funny how yeah, the, pack the dogs are pretty good with the barking
2: the only bark if somebody's at the door other than that they're just yeah yeah exactly you know you know yep yeah right um, on well so we're uh, we're actually recording right as we speak Brent so uh, we should uh, waste no more time and bring on our guests absolutely yeah. yes sounds good uh Todd I'll leave it to you to do the intro Hang on two
1: seconds, because I wanted to. I wanted to look this up because uh, make sure I've got my. Did you forgot who it was? (laughs) No, <laughs> no. I'm actually so curious about the year on this because I was actually kind of, I had to double check it like ten times to go like, have they really been around like together this long? Yeah. Um, I mean, in multiple different versions. Nineteen,
0: 1990, 1990. That's, so that's the day like you're looking for. yeah.
1: 31 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mind blowing. Anyway, that's
0: still, still together to this day. And
1: still, and well, four of them out of the five are still together. Right. It's, it's, it's. I can't wait to dig into that. But uh, this is a. I, I've known these guys. They opened for us um, way. back Back when they first started out, so and then like ten minutes later, we're like a million times bigger than we ever could be. <laughs> uh, but uh, this is a from a really great band that did a really great business. We're talking Junos. We're talking international love. Um, he's got great side projects. Uh, this uh, the alternative country thing he does is really rad. Uh, from Finger Eleven, James Black.
0: Yeah. Hey. Hey. Welcome, James. Oh, it's good to be here. Where you where what you what? calling from for today? Are you in uh, Toronto?
4: Yeah, calling from Toronto. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I was getting giddy listening to you guys talking about uh, Star Wars because uh, that is <laughs> probably the bit. Like you know, I'm I'm alpha geek about Star Wars. That's for sure. Look it right. Look right
1: there, James. See? I've yes, got a, I see. I'm, I see. we have got a bunch of junk around here. Corey's got a bunch of stuff too.
0: Yeah, yeah but you know a- what? You know what? I had to clean up my studio yesterday. I had I did this, um, a bit of a video shoot here where we couldn't have any star wars things in the shot if you can imagine so it's the only thing i have is a a poster of star wars that they wasn't in the frame of the camera and then i just put my kylo ren mask back there but otherwise, everything's in my closet right now. I got to put it back out. But what, what is that for trademark reason?
2: reasons? Yeah, yeah, yeah just you know, so.
0: copyright and licensing, oh, and have you know, advertising and behind me. What I was suppose. the video for? Can you talk about? it? I can't talk that? about that right now. But um, oh, it was man. it was pretty cool. It's like a, a proper like video. If crew, he's
2: making and, a val- if he's making a
1: a video or a movie, and he lives in the Valley of Cal- in Los Angeles, you can only imagine the
0: movies he's making around there. I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, starting my solo project, so. Uh, Exactly. I can't talk about it right now. Yeah, well, there you go.
2: <laughs> yeah, just no Star Wars.
1: No, so so starting there, James. I mean, that's what blows my mind the most. I think is because you know I first met you guys. I don't know if you know if you remember opening for Age of Electric back in the for day. For sure. For sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, you guys were like like on fire, and there was a lot of love for you guys and a lot of heat on you guys, and um, we loved you guys. You know, we were like, you know,
4: yeah, that was a good uh like just a good time to be doing it like you, there was a good like like you say there was some real love of just like you know you it was fun to hang out and it was awesome to be like it was sort of like the wave of live music in canada I, it was a crest of it it was uh, amazing part of it. i mean in the beginning it wasn't but it, we were i don't know i i guess i don't really know any other way of life than that exactly. way, But it was it, yeah, it was a fucking blast. I, I, like my memory is dog shit, but <laughs> I remember everything about that. Like the age of electric all of that. Like the even the videos, like the the look of those videos, they it just made an impression that it just sort of I don't know. It it's it 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 set a lot of tone for like I guess, uh, us as a band, me as a musician, all that shit, it was... Uh, well,
1: can you, in in 75 words or less, just kind of talk about how much you love Age of Electric? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 75 words or less. Yeah. No, uh, no. I mean, honestly, it's like, um, you know, we knew the heat coming off you guys even back then, and, and it was a totally different thing. I mean, you guys were kind of like a totally different band when you... You know, kind of. I mean, it sort of it metamorph or morphed into yeah. and grew into Finger Eleven. But it was essentially the four of you, a different drummer at the time. Um, yeah. But the fact that the four yeah. of you have been together since 90, I- I'm assuming that's all like in high school together, right?
4: Yeah, it actually was junior high where me and Scott first met. And it, it, it was kind of a bitter, for no reason, but a bitter rivalry uh because i got he was sort of like the cock of the walk like he 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 was a popular guy in the school and i just i don't know why it it bugged me because i wasn't that i guess (laughs) and i was like considerably smaller and like just on the playground that i would never stand a chance to confront him but never uh never uh balked at the opportunity to do it and just kept <laughs> getting in his face and getting in his face and uh, eventually it was music that we both, like Guns of Roses, Iron Maiden stuff like that, that we like, we instantly bonded and like never looked back, but it was uh, it was like really young, grade 7 grade 8, I think. Wow, was he a jock or something? Or what was No, he it like it, he was sort of like a drama jock like, like he was... He was i don't i i- can't, I don't even know, I don't even remember he just was not like an awkward little guy that and that's what I was, so it was like this sort of like uh i don't know, yeah I mean, he, he just seemed like like a bigger presence on campus kind of thing, you know, as a just a, a kid in school as a proper
1: front man should be i suppose i right? i guess that's yeah. Right. yeah that's why they're front and, and
4: yeah. it <laughs> and it's kind of worked out that like. Like he was a drummer. He was learning how to play drums in that era when we first met. So we, we met, like we, we came to a friendship about records, Jethro Tull, uh, Iron Maiden, Metallica, Guns N' Roses, stuff like that. And then he was learning to play drums. So we, it was like, I'd bring my guitar over and we just get through like a verse of a Zeppelin song and a verse of a Rush song and, uh, just do it over and over and over again. And uh, it just, like, we wanted to make something musical. And, uh, like, while we were pursuing that, we we signed up to play an acoustic song in front of the whole school, like him singing and me just playing the guitar. And we kind of, like, it was like we, like we played this Guns N' Roses song, Patience, and it was just <laughs> sure. the two of us. And we did it, and it was it, it went really well. But in our minds, he was pursuing rock and roll drumming, and uh-huh. we
2: were,
4: so we had started with this entity that, like, it's like, oh, it was right there. We just didn't look at it for a while because he was playing drums, and but it was uh, all, always really about music. And it, it sounds like a cheesy romantic thing, but really, that's it. It, it forged a real like a language for us that we, we still, I don't know. We, we just understand each other through the, the music, I guess, of what we like and what we like when you hear something, you can instantly know which of your friends is going to like it. Sort of like, Oh, Mm -hmm. you've got to hear this song. So like, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. We just have that sort of like pinpoint musical language together. But That's awesome. I mean, most yeah. people don't even know anybody from ninth,
1: seventh grade anymore. Yeah, I, mean, like, <laughs> I, I,
4: mean, I know. I, I, I take that for granted on top of all the rest of it. And then, so Scott's brother is the bass player, Sean. So, right. uh, like, really just going over to his house and we were tinkering around making music. Sean was learning bass and like we were absorbing his record collection because he was like, I think he's like maybe four years older. So he had this like a little bit more mature taste, a little more into music, and it right. just it just spilled over us as as like so we 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 met in this musical sense, and then all this and like in our mind advanced music from his older brother was hitting us at the same time then, and it just oh it was awesome. So, but there was never the again the notion of like Sean playing bass with me and scott like that was a whole other he was pursuing it over here and it just was all destined to come together but it just took a while to be there and then our drummer we should have known the first gig uh the day before he wanted to pull out of it and uh he just said like i really don't want to do it and rick paid him uh a case of beer to do it (laughs) that's good that's good bread yeah so
1: it's like Canadian currency that's what that is (laughs) that's Canadian currency for sure yeah
4: right off the bat there was like this guy he wasn't all in it was just we should have known right away but it took a a a bit of touring for him to kind of come clean and go like I don't like this and we were at, at the same time we're just celebrating and go like what you like i couldn't fathom not loving it like you know out on the road when it like there wasn't even cell phones there wasn't no it was you were really off the off the leash yeah like it couldn't get more fun and he didn't like that it was like oh okay this this is not a great uh tearing of the fabric of our band this is just Mm. like oh you don't like that okay We'll find yeah, someone exactly. that does.
1: So. Remember that but, back then, the guy in the passenger seat with the map open, kind of like trying to figure yeah. it out. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but it, I, like I, When you heard him describe it, it it sounded like, I guess when you're on the road for a long time, there is the worst day and you can describe it like that, where you're sleeping on the floor of the van and it's sure. cold and it sucks and all that. But even that, it, like you know a week later, it's going to be a great story. So the just his whole perspective of like, it was accurate. Like, yeah, I guess touring does suck. If you, <laughs> if you don't like being crammed in a van with your best friends and like, just like just suffering for it because it's fucking rock and roll and like all that. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it, in some ways you're young and dumb enough to believe that stuff. And in a way it's fucking real. Like the spirit yeah. of rock and roll. If you're like, we know now when we get together, it's, uh, Something happens you know what else is it about the spirit of rock and roll I guess well that's the fascinating thing to me is it's like not only are you it'd be like
1: it'd be one thing if you guys played like I don't know like uh, we play you know hockey every weekend together the guys that went to school and we you know everybody's had getting married and having children and whatever ends up happening but the fact that you guys are like you know you know it's like when you watch U2 or something like that you 2 I think was like they put themselves together before they even really played it was kind of like well I'll play guitar yeah. you know that kind of thing and you're like but the fact that someone could do that and then turn it into a successful model that goes on to be something else. And I, it probably says something about the fact that you guys went through that kind of stuff and had to kind of have that baptism in snow, not necessarily fire, um, <laughs> to kind of have that, you know, that, that thing. Because there's always going to be that guy who, who has an option. My dad's auto dealership oh, yeah. or yeah. my, you know, I can go to school or whatever it is.
4: And you're always going to lose those
1: guys because those guys aren't pirates. <laughs> not everybody's a pirate. Yeah.
4: I think uh, in a way we lucked out that our like, we all uh, happened to have the option of university when we want, we won a radio contest and all of a sudden we got a record deal and the option was there. Like the right. way we were, we were all set to go on the, the safe route. And thankfully like our parents were cool with the idea of like, like this is rare that this, other path comes like go do it but it wasn't like uh yeah i don't know i guess like i guess to your point like if somebody always wanted to be a a scholar and a student then yeah they were never going to do it but we we were i guess we were almost saved from having normal lives really
2: seems like that radio contest in southern ontario i mean a lot of bands especially even a lot of guys that we've had on the show here i mean it seems like so many of them that's how they launched i mean just goes Honey to show Fleet you how did that yeah, yeah like and i mean i think we were mentioning it you know a number of other bands that did the same thing and it's amazing how radio played such an important factor band, oh, yeah. you know and we're talking about things and nostalgia and it's just you know that was what year would that have well, been it was
4: like it was a, a focal point like uh like there's one stage one station in the region and everyone who's listening is listening to that one thing uh so the idea that like our song was going to play on that radio station is in relation to the contest. Like it was like, it, it just seems so enormous. And I guess compared to nowadays where it's so scattered, maybe it was like, you know, it's a kind of big deal that's hard to do anymore. Like, cause people don't really give a shit about radio as much yeah. as like playlists and streams and shit like so, yeah. that. Yeah. Which is awesome. It's, it's yeah. amazing. It's just much more music, but now there isn't that like kind of lighthouse thing that everyone listens to every night. And, and I don't know. Uh, that don't is know, weird. It was, what, what station was it? Was it? Um, it was 97.7 hits FM. Was that out of Saint Catharines?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such a great station, man. Like that was like the. Oh, it was.
4: It was like yeah. the like where you could hear the. Yeah, it was awesome. It was just like yeah, straight right. up, like yeah. guitar guitar rock all all day pretty much is it now former like, i don't you know i don't know I, I i i don't listen to the radio much i like i've i love spotify so that's where i go mm, yeah,
2: me too. i know i know yeah. it's, it's such a I'm different sure, like time. a lot of stations probably had to you know obviously there's been so many format changes with a lot of them, you know, and uh, you know, just that's sign of the times, you know. Yeah. I mean, especially especially early '90s. I mean, that was kind of like the, you know, you're coming out of one and entering into another, and you know, there's, uh, you know, definitely a lot of those stations have have done a lot. I think they, yeah.
4: they even in a, maybe in trying to keep up, they like they consolidated. So it, you used to tune in for a DJ because you liked that DJ's taste. And for that hour you would like, you could kind of identify with the character of like, Oh, this sure. guy's going to show me some new shit because I like his taste. And in order to keep up, they went big and that meant like every station's playing the same thing. So the, the personality of the DJs isn't there and you're not, it's not regional anymore. It's not really, I don't know. It's 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 out of touch with itself. I think in order to uh, compete with like at home absolute custom music, it's sort of uh, it's a losing battle in a way. Not like if anyone on the call is involved with radio, we still want to be on the radio. Of course, (laughs) don't take it as a slight. (laughs)
1: No, you're not wrong because the the 90s were such an interesting uh, high watermark for Canadian rock, at least like um, you guys. The funny thing is Corey and and, and Brent were both pretty much in the U.S. during the entire uh, weird. uh, It was funny because I was talking to somebody like several years ago now, but I remember talking about an Edgefest tour and like, you know, who was on the bill. And in the moment when I was talking about it, every single band was broken up. So, you know, whether you're talking about the Tea Party or I'm Mother Earth or Moist, um, the Matthew Good Band, you know, all these different things. And every one of them at that moment when I was talking about, all of them were gone except Finger Eleven, which I thought was really, really, really an interesting thing to say was like, you know, Age of Electric, everybody. We were all, everybody was doing other things broken up. Some of them, Tea Party are back together. Moist does stuff. uh, I'm Mother Earth does stuff. But, um, you know, uh, but you guys, it's never like you guys had a had to do a reunion thing or a nostalgia run. It's like, you oh, just yeah. keep going.
4: No. We just took a long time to do anything. So it's, we're, we're sort of really living a short career in slow motion.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> all spread out.
4: <laughs> so like, you think about like how fast the Beatles or some, like the greatest, sure. the greatest bands in history made like the, the most life-changing records in like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. But we take five, Seven years to do that,
0: right? And you've also had and, and and not even
4: and and like not even get close to the bar that I'm talking about. But uh,
0: <laughs> still, still,
1: it's a, but, uh,
4: no like, like I think kind of that cheesy stuff I was talking about, where our, our relationships are stitched in with the music and like even the love of doing it. Like it, it the, I think what makes us take a long time to put a record out is like, we don't take a long time to make a lot of music. We just, the fun of making music is one thing. And, and when we do it, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's its own reward. It's sort of like, Oh, that was awesome. And so sometimes you get like, we could go to a cottage and have like the time of our lives and, and jam a bunch of stuff. And then when you're removed from it, you listen to it. Like the good time memory is there, but the song's, by themselves removed from that collective joy is like, this is kind of lame or whatever. <laughs> like there's a, there, there's a difference. And yeah. so the, the hard, I think the reason that our longevity, as far as taking a long time to make music is trying to have a good time. And the song is awesome. Separate from that. And sure. it takes, it takes more beer, more weed, longer, <laughs> cottage trips to do that so over time you know we just learned we just have to keep at it we just have to keep like you know
2: you're giving away the formula here
4: yeah it's like (laughs) but it's persistent but it's relaxing at the same time i don't know it's it's hard to describe and it sounds like some lazy stoners justifying not doing much and maybe it is
2: (laughs) whatever you did it worked so
3: yeah
2: Yeah.
3: i wanted ask speaking of beer um do you remember going to the rainbow and i think i took you guys on a night on the town and it was right before a showcase maybe not your first gig in la but or maybe when you guys played uh
4: yeah it must it would have been early yeah if it was the viper gig that was probably the first time that was probably the first time we went to la for because
3: we never played it since then and I got to say that you guys were pretty focused moving into, you know, that big city with, you know, all the, the opportunity there. And even though you guys were out to, you know, have a little fun, but I remember. Oh, how were we guys-
4: were we very sober that night? Cause we had like, uh, there was a stretch of time where like, th- and this is awesome because it was a reflection of our, like our angst of like, so the greatest of blue skies, I think it was, or maybe somewhere in, in the, in the, middle between tip and grace of blue skies. It, it was heavy and serious. And the tours that we were on, like the, the one I think it was either somersault or edge fest. It had like perfect circle and foo fighters and smashing pumpkins is like the fucking aist of a games. Mm-hmm. So we, in our angst, we're like, we're having a fucking bone, bone dry tour as well. Like we're going to be sober yeah. we play, and like we're gonna impress the living shit out of Maynard James Keenan and everything. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> and so we just basically like tortured ourselves. Like, I think we probably did play better the whole tour, but we tortured ourselves until like the last three gigs, and we were like, "All right, guys, we we proved we could do it. Now let's let's fucking try to tear it up." <laughs> but, like, but we we did occasionally go through like moments where we called all of ourselves so like, "All right, let's." Go, ha, do a sober stretch because we know we can just fucking go off the handle. That's so funny, and everybody just goes along with whoever. Oh well, well I don't think we can do it now. It was, we were still <laughs> like, yeah, like, really, we 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 just looked for ways that we could take it more serious, just to be like like sure. we we want to do this and we want to compete at mm. like like yeah, we want to do more gigs with the AA level stuff. So, uh, like it. It sort of, it worked in just that it showed us, it, it we had a solidarity and, and we didn't ever, I don't know, in a subconscious way, like you never wanted to go sneak off and do some weird fucking drugs with a bunch of people because <laughs> yeah, you knew yeah. that the rest of the band, the, the collective has a sort of like stopgate about like, I don't know, keeping things in check, I guess. That's so cool. So, I mean, but, <laughs> like like i I think the mutual respect of that like it sort of kept us all in a weird alignment even though like nobody ever said like don't do this like everyone was like go fucking do everything you want but like we all i don't know sort of like kept ourselves in check in a way so you might have seen us in a rare sober moment but you couldn't even come close to doing that anymore especially now if we ever got to go back on the tour like I would fight I would fight you if you said there was no beer and no whiskey. There, there ought to be double because it's like last year's beer and whiskey. We still got to get. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get that rider plus yeah.
0: your new rider. Yeah, okay, I got you. Great but, idea. What was the gig that yeah. you guys played together? Did you do a bunch or just like a one, one off together or what was it? Ooh, what of was that? Age, Age of electric? electric? Yeah. Well, we did some like. Uh, some Didn't we do like a bunch of them? We did a bunch, but
1: I, when we we did it, it was before they were even called Finger Eleven, and they were just these young kids that had this whole thing going on. And and oh, we're that was of, the
4: what the Butt Monkey that was Rainbow Played Butt Monkey guys, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was very, that early. Yeah, you, like, you start know what? Early I, on,
4: I always will remember that we were with you guys when Lady Diana died.
1: Oh wow, right. wow, really? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, remember yeah. that.
2: Kurt Dahl. When was that? Kurt, Kurt 90, Doll, sort of like
1: ninety-five seven. 1997. What, what, what did Kurt do? He
4: just, like, he kind of greeted everyone that came in the bar with, like, Lady Diana died. Hey, Lady Diana <laughs> died. It was just sort of like this repetitive town crier. That, oh, it was awesome. Yeah, it was you know, social media before much, social media.
1: <laughs> that's the, pretty much the best description of Kurt that no I've ever heard. Repetitive lady, town crier.
4: Town crier. <laughs> totally. hey, hey, Lady Diana died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then yeah. that was it. And then the next yeah. one, like, oh, it was, I mean, yeah. it was newsworthy. He was right.
1: Yeah, he was just letting everybody know. Yeah, yeah. That he is still insane. I, you know, I he's, he's such a
4: good drummer. Uh, like every, the, time the he, every time every time
1: every time Kurt Dahl opens his mouth, you never know what's going to come out. So that's kind of why I just kind of like <laughs> put a quarter in him and just let him go. <laughs> the older he gets, the less filter there is. So you're yeah. like, okay, okay, let's. Think.
4: That's the thing. Like, I, yeah. you, you realize, oh, the older that you get, you you're kind of saving up for like. I don't know what age, but everyone's got an age where they go, "All right, I'm I'm grumpy old man now, and I'm letting it- <laughs> <laughs> I've I've earned it. Now I'm letting it loose, and I'm allowed, and people are gonna." <laughs> Get up and give me their seat on the fucking bus <laughs> and all that shit. <laughs> like you, we're all storing it up. We're like, is it eighty? Is it seventy? When are we just going to become
0: entitled Awful. old assholes? Terrible yeah,
1: yeah.
4: Hey, where's my cheap meal at
1: Denny's? You know, <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so but, tell uh, us about your your black yeah. jacket country project. I mean, that seems like a completely different shift from Finger Eleven, right?
4: Yeah, I, th- I think that's really where it was born from. Was that it was. Like it, it in a way it was territory that we could explore that we knew we weren't going to like hijack it. And like, there, there was other things we, me and Rick worked on that ended up, we would kind of throw it into the finger 11 pile mm. because it was sort of ended up being oddly enough in the same sphere, but country seemed like free and clear of that. Like if we make a good country song, we won't be think to put it into finger 11 pot. We'll just, it'll yeah. just be its own thing.
0: And, and it's so not it, like, it's not like the Nashville country now that, you know, is like bro country. It's, it's definitively no. country what you guys are doing.
4: Yeah. It, it's ironic because w- we thought like it, in my mind, like the, the kind of country that I like is like original Nashville country, like old school. And I'm uh, not, I'm not really a country fan. I'm just someone who likes, like kind of old country and the songs that we write it's it's a, yep. it's a good there's a great humor to country so i like it as a vessel but like i thought we were doing nashville and then we went down to make a finger 11 record in nashville and we sort of shared some country and looked around at what was going on and guys like sergil simpson that like he's on the outs with nashville so like he's a badass and he sounds like what we're like badass what country should be and and right. Nashville doesn't like them, like yeah. maybe Nashville's not the place. And the more we learn about, it's just really, it's not it's not cool country Nashville. It's just country, but the the name of it in a way. In there, there's awesome stuff, but the pursuit of doing it that way, ironically, we were like, oh, you know what? We, it in my heart, we're more country being up here in Canada, listening to, uh, like classic records than trying to go to nashville and make it in a country thing it's
1: well if you went if you went that route there'd be some producer that would come in and, and it would take your thing and turn it into yeah, some sort of yeah. like You'd you know never write your own song and, again. and you would probably <laughs> wouldn't yeah you would probably wouldn't <laughs> be writing it unfortunately
4: i i think like of course there's pursuits to like if you want to play in the big game you probably have to go that route and have some famous like some famous something along the equation and mm-hmm. i think what we liked about it off this from the beginning was like there was, it wasn't going to touch any of that because the whole thing is a fuck you to even doing it. Like, yeah, like the 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 songs are designed to be able to play them drunk and do them well. <laughs> because the <laughs> like band is
2: song. <laughs> yeah, the band is an excuse
4: to, for me and Rick to 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 drink together at one like at a, at a at the impetus of it we had been on the road for years and years and we got a break and uh me and rick literally invented a country band so that we could go to our buddy's house and drink every wednesday and live live like we were on the road and and like as long as we had a song to show for it the wives were fine with it right so (laughs) so it was productive yeah yeah we and then we ended up like after a while I was like, this is actually pretty good. And then, so we put out a record and uh, like, I think maybe even 10 years went by and then we made another one. And like, I think this time maybe five years will go by and we'll make another one, but it's, uh, it's so free of like the pressure of anything, but also uh, like everyone involved is, is capable of that level. It's just not worried about that. You know, Mm -hmm. like, uh, like, I don't know. It's a, it's a unique thing to be a a part of because it's uh, it was supposed to just be me and Rick fucking around and then it turned into a band and in a band, you sort of start to become hopefully a fan of the people in the band. Like, like Jimmy Reed, the lead guitar player, like he's, he's phenomenal. Like just watching him play, it's like, this is, this guy should not be, playing lead guitar in blackie jacket jr. Like he should be. <laughs> yeah. So and, and be natural. Yeah. Sandra D as well. So like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Cause it, what started as something, it was supposed to just be a separate isolated thing. And now it's a group. And now there's mm. like, it it's sort of once we're allowed to all get back together. It's like, it's a fortified reason to get together, to get drunk. Cause yeah, I- now there's, now there's four people. It's not as desperate as me and Rick.
2: Still, that being said, are you guys doing the virtual thing? Is it you guys still doing the writing, or how are you?
4: Uh, We, you know what, we haven't really like. We've Finger Eleven has had some stuff uh, that we're. Luckily, we started before the lockdown, and we're we've been able to like slowly get a couple of songs close to finish. uh, To uh, like, really, we're looking get a new record deal and put a bunch of like, like a whole new campaign, a whole bunch of new good quality rock and roll music. It's ready to go now. But, um, just getting it that last 90%, like, it's just hard to coordinate now. But, uh, and then like, if, if we did, I don't know if we're in a rush to put something out right now. If you can't go out and play concerts, it's yeah. right. It's kind of a heartbreak. It, there's, haven't quite cracked that one yet like we've seen some uh simulcast concerts and i i feel like a grinch like i I have zero interest in watching something like that like uh it's it's not a concert like right you can't smell everybody and be sticky and like (laughs) Mm. stale beer all of it like it's yeah um, yeah i don't know so yeah i I've I've been working on some visuals for some finger eleven stuff, some animation stuff, and here and there writing some blackie jacket songs, but uh, you've yeah. always been
1: involved in the visual aspect, haven't you?
4: For sure. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, like, early on I just assumed it was a part of the thing. Like uh just I I think as a kid I thought the band made the album cover and all that right. stuff. Like I didn't even get the idea. So like the Beatles revolver, like I said about the eight track uh, earlier before the show, like that record, when I finally saw the vinyl and saw the artwork that big and just like, I thought the guys who made the music made that artwork. And I was like, these guys are like, I'm, I'm little, but these guys are clearly like fucking alien masterminds. This is yeah, right. Uh, yeah. So. As time went on and, like, there was great bands that came along, but then a very distinct band, like Tool, it just stood out and you found out, like, oh, they were very responsible for their own image. Yeah. And so it just sort of seemed a given to me, like, if we get a shot, we got to, like, see if we can be in charge of that otherwise oh, yeah. like you see a lot of bands that end up looking the same and, and like so are we we're just fucking white guys in black t-shirts playing this <laughs> but i know not to be too cynical but like it, i don't know it, it it's part of the like my favorite rock and roll has a cool look to it as well as the rest right like right it it is clearly superficial, but it's part of it. I think like David Bowie is cooler because he had yeah. costumes. Doesn't Absolutely. mean the music by itself. If you were blind, it's still yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah, but it's made cooler because it's an expression. So well, that branding. always struck marketing me. and
2: branding, right? Yeah, it always yep. struck
4: me as like we got to be in, involved in that or, or use that as a part of our voice or it's kind of a waste and yeah. not that doesn't say it's any good. It's just kind of acknowledging that that's part of the language of
0: it. And when you then, talk, sorry, when you're talking about animation, what, yeah. uh, what kind of animation skills do you have?
4: Uh, it's, it's like very basic, just self-taught stuff. Like, uh, just, you know, from watching documentaries about how they make
0: like, cartoons, like just, hand-drawn stuff or computer you know, stuff or?
4: hand-drawn stuff that's layered on a Photoshop and oh, okay. so I'll just almost like it's a marionette. Like I just yeah. kind of uh, adjust oh. the parts
0: and take it. Oh, okay. For like kind of like South Park, South Park kind of yeah. animation. Yeah. And then cool.
4: run it in uh, iMovie. They're all make them all like really, really short and they just sequence together like an animation. Oh, but cool. yeah, like Monty Python is a good example of the uh, yeah. style. Right. But uh, right. so yeah, I made a, like you could see finger 11, um, not going to be afraid that video on YouTube. That's, that's some animation that I worked on with uh, a friend of mine. So it's simple. Like it's kind of in the pursuit of like, you remember the old Spider-Man that was like maybe two frames and he would slide Mm -hmm. across like that. Like (laughs) (laughs) like, like I don't have the, the budget or the resources to do something fluid, like, like anime or something. So it's sort of the opposite, like a, like simple but but really trying to tell a story so yeah that that's where in my visual world that's sort of where i've gotten to is i'm trying to make stories instead of just uh like a album cover like a I don't know right telling you know like telling a story is harder than showing someone a single picture because you I don't know. You have to manipulate in order to get the punch where you want it to be. And it's a cool, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's, it's like finding out a whole new language. uh, Like now that I'm like 45 years old, it's like,
1: have you ever done anything like that for anybody else? Like as any other artist, have you done art for,
4: Uh, I did uh, a handful of videos in the very beginning when I first directed something, it was that they were both for somebody else. And so that was a really cool experience too. It's sort of biting off way more than I could chew. And sort of like, as soon as you promise somebody else something, it becomes like a different equation, right? Like you're yeah, I know. if I want to dick around, that's fine. If I, me and my best friends want to dick around, that's fine. But if, as soon as you get someone else involved and money involved and all of a sudden it's like, Jesus. Yeah. But it's, so it's cool. It's a, it's like, yet again, it's a, another like adrenalized, way to create where i don't know it's cool to keep finding those and not being just kind of stuck in one thing like i totally i could i could easily just be a rock and roll guitar player and that's awesome too but like i don't know it's it opens too many avenues to not go poking around ultimately
2: the cd artwork did you do the did you do that as well when you were talking about usually i'm
4: very much involved in various degrees like the the self-titled one that had one thing that was all like, like I handmade all that stuff. And then the other ones were sort of directed concept. Uh, and in, like the grayest of blue skies was kind of like mapped out in black and white. And just like, here's do you a color oil painting of this. So a lot of oh. the, the last one was awesome because I reached out to an artist who does, uh, Dungeons and Dragons uh, modules. No way. And I, I pitched him this idea and was like, like it would just be badass if you did so Like, so he, we customized this scenario with this giant knight and a giant hammer lying on the beach and stuff. So yeah, it was cool to it. That that's been another avenue that I, uh, I kind of resisted, probably for the reason I was talking about earlier. Like, I wanted so bad to do everything myself that. I, I, the idea of reaching out to another artist to do my idea it I always was at odds with that right but then I think Life Turns Electric was the one where like it happened and it was so much cooler than what mm-hmm. I was ever going to try to do that was like oh this is even better like I don't even have to do anything I just have an idea and then have an opinion about how it turns out it's like all right i see that it's sort of the andy warhol version of art where you're like just get a bunch of creative people to do it and then say like yeah that's cool that throw mm. it in the garbage that's cool <laughs> so, so yeah there's a there's a difference i suppose with directing and actually executing but uh i don't know yeah there's new finger 11 so I'm, I'm my thinking cap is on with that how to how to do something that's great yeah like the the idea of like me and my buddy rich we 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 kind of want to pitch this to some band where we're a band like we make a movie <laughs> we, we we make a movie that's uh just by its nature is has like maybe like 10 distinct i don't know what like scenes or uh locations. So when it comes time to put your record out, you can, if you want to, you can track by track, you have a difference. So you can kind of take our movie and cut it into a campaign for your record, a concept that, that you can pitch forward, but the same footage in our order will be a film that we intend to do. So like, and then you film the band, say, in two different scenarios and and then you just make all the content for a whole album campaign out of this thing so it's like the filmmakers get to make their final product how they want to and the band gets to choose from like some pretty well cultivated awesome footage that's art directed with everything in mind so like I haven't obviously haven't found a good way to pitch that yet, but that kind of idea of like, it's not a, it's not a concept album, but the artwork is a concept of how to release song by song.
1: That's really interesting.
4: But then I wonder if it's all like, is that old school? Like do people even give a shit about that anymore? Is it just an MP3 on a screen? Like, I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. It has created a whole other conversation now that, you know, making a music video is more like just a, Thing you put on YouTube and hope people will, yeah. you know, get some streams off it. It's
2: yeah. I know what they say though. You only hear from the ones that watch it. So I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you could d- easily do nothing and get nothing. So I think yeah, that
4: well, it's that
2: the realities there.
4: It's the also the innovation of the medium. Like, uh, what's that that band? Okay, go. How they yeah. sort of made those like homemade concept be so genius. Totally. Like, I'm surprised they haven't come up with one for these like split screen. Oh yeah, like yeah, zoom like yeah. everyone's confined to zoom and then someone's got to make a video that just like is mind-blowing about, "Holy fuck, how did they work that up?"
1: Exactly, <laughs> hey, yeah. maybe
4: we're, maybe we're having a great pitch meeting right now. Well, I think oh, we, we are.
1: are. I think we somebody's watching this right now stealing all yeah. your ideas. Yes, that's the problem. <laughs> someone's doing um, it right now. I wanted to ask you about <laughs> oh, you've got 2 weeks to get in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's right, yeah. <laughs> it's the process like I, I, in the I'm, band. I'm, oh, go ahead.
4: Oh, just I'm I'm talking like I haven't really talked to grown-ups in well we're not that's really grown up <laughs> yeah, nobody like, has yeah just me and my six-year-old day after day after day that's what
1: happens yeah and you try and when you start to talk to other adults you're like so have you seen this children's show like Paw yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. patrol or it's something all
4: coming out yeah
1: you really have no idea what to talk about um no i wanted to ask you about the writing process because um because the fact that four guys have remained together uh, you know well five for quite a while now but i'm saying yeah. The, that usually means that there has been some sort of agreement very early on that we're going to take care of each other. We got each other's back. We're going to make sure that, you know, this thing moving forward, it's like James is the visual guy, you know, he, he drives the van, you know, whatever the initial sort of conversation For is. Sure. There's always, there's always that kind of thing where this guy's good, yeah. with, good with the money. This guy's good with that. Um, is, is it very collective that way? I mean, I've looked at, you know, when it, when it comes to the songwriting and whatnot. Uh, yeah.
4: It's, it, has evolved to that and it's taken like it, it probably started that way. And then, um, it was sort of a blessing and a curse that one thing was born out of a separate writing trip with me and Scott. And it, right. It created a new scenario of like, Oh, yeah. what happens when two people write a song when we're a five person band? Sure. I guess we, the two people that wrote it that, so it, it, in a great way, incentivized everyone to be like, all right, I want, uh, like, I want to write songs and I want to be like, we all got to be part of this. So, so that ended up sort of instigating everyone actually writing more to, in order to make it a collective in order to be able to argue that like, Hey, we can't do that again because we all do it. And that ultimately is the truth, but, in a right. way it took that song to do that. And th- that song wouldn't have been a song if we were all together. Like it, it's a great set of steps, but it gets us right now to where we are, where it's just even across the
3: board. Yeah. Yeah. So, and like, what about, I just want to ask James, what about the, the other factor of the producer and the guy that has to capture your ideas and maybe has a great sense of, you know, melody and song and production. Yeah. like, because you, you guys have had some some great producers work who really inside you
4: yeah we early on we realized that like hey if if when we work with arnold Lanny, he was the early on in when at the beginning of finger 11 he was the guy and he was really involved and he's a, he's a like he's a great songwriter and he taught us a lot about in a way helped us define what finger 11 could be versus what rainbow butt monkeys was trying to be kind of thing. And uh, I don't, I think we saw instantly the value of like the outside sort of wrangling of our energy and was like, Oh, this, we need this. Uh, So in the beginning it was sort of, it doesn't matter the cost. Like if it's better and he's, like saying that he's writing the song, but really he's helping that. But in, in this song, he's writing that part and like it, it all balanced itself out. And we saw like, if it's better, fuck, let's do this. Like, sure. are we yeah. going to say, no, we don't want to do that. We'd rather make a less, we want to make a worse record. Cause we don't want to pay, the, <laughs> yeah. we don't want to pay the price. So, yeah. so we, and then we worked with Arnold two records and we felt, and probably we were right that like, okay we learned all the Arnold tricks so we got to go somewhere else and work with somebody else and so then we went with Johnny Kay in Chicago and that was a whole like it was awesome because it was a different it was a different guy a different experience it was Mm -hmm. like holy this is cool we we thought we knew like we thought we had graduated from this you know the studio school and it really we had just graduated from Arnold Lanny and then I was like oh it's different with Johnny Kay. And then the second record we made with him, that was even more different. So it it just sort of sets in that it's always gonna be evolving, no matter who the producer is. But I think maybe you were asking more about like having like we've never been shy about letting someone into the process if we thought it's gonna be way better if they do. Right. But but at the same time we're really shy of that because I don't know. We're just insular and we like to do it ourselves. Like, like, we're more inclined to fuck around on a computer trying to figure out how to make a piano play a part than to hire a piano player to come and play on our record because mm. we, we want to do it ourselves. I, I, I don't know why.
0: But, um, <laughs> well, it's fun to learn new things and, and experiment. And if you yeah. fall on your face, you have no one to blame but yourself, but then you've learned yeah. from it. But yeah, and and you're basically
4: usually you make a mistake that's the coolest part of it like sure if, yeah like i uh, i've kind, of kind of always made the joke of like you you kind of you spend your career trying to rip off your idols and where you fall short that's what your sound is totally it's like you, the fact that you just didn't quite get to pink floyd that's your sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that, not quite like Floyd. Yeah. yeah, that deficit. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. your sound.
1: <laughs> that's totally true, though, because people will say that to you. They'll say, "Well, I was trying to do this kind of thing," and you'll go, "Oh, I could kind of see that now, but it doesn't sound like that because it was filtered through that person, and they created yeah. their the whole new unique thing." Yeah, and then
4: and so, f- and the different like five guys in the band are all pulling it in different ways. You're totally. Like even if you said all of us, let's make a song that sounds like Blondie. Everyone's got an opinion about what Blondie sounds like. You
0: just totally. It's it's, it's including Blondie. Yeah, <laughs> including Blondie. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so you you mentioned a couple of bands earlier, but what would that sound be for you? What would be that you you talked about? You know, if you're looking to be your your idols, like what was uh, what was? Oh your yeah, the Beatles.
4: The Beatles was for sure. Like first kiss of really like.
0: I guess, music. And then, uh, my dad, did you find that yourself or was that from your parents that you discovered no, that or
4: my parents, they're from Liverpool. So they, Oh wow. that's oh, right. Yeah. They, it was, I think a bit of hometown pride and
0: yeah. sure. This
4: it was, it's just undeniably awesome. But that's my, funny. It's funny cuz like Liverpool
1: hometown pride that's like that's like it's not some yeah. random band from like, you know, yeah. Kel- Kelowna, BC or something yeah. like that.
4: And then my dad's record collection was uh like it, it was hallowed ground like in the living room of our house was the room like you the kids weren't allowed to go in. Oh wow. And in there was the record player and so one day I I snuck in and I put on Led Zeppelin four. Oh boy. And uh the you know the uh the time drop in uh, Black Dog where the like Na-na-na-na. yeah. like the drums go off from the guitar and they Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought that I broke the record player and I just instantly <laughs> I stopped the music, I put it away and I I crept like dusted my prints off it and just got out of there. <laughs> it was like like that I I had this terror, like the, <laughs> from the very beginning of that record with the backwards, that little instant with it. Warm- yeah. It was a mystical charged moment that like, yeah, that it, it was like, that's the first kiss of the record player. Like, so Zeppelin Beatles, Pink Floyd, like it, it was a good, it was a good, uh, childhood records. When did collection. when did your parents
2: leave Liverpool? To, did they come to Canada? I guess. For yeah, it was like uh,
4: was... seventy three. I think two years before I was born. So so they, oh, wow. so they
2: got to they got to experience that kind of. I guess so. Yeah. While well, they were there, yeah. That yeah they must great stories Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. Hmm. yeah it's pretty uh, it, like an interesting vantage point to sort of be a contemporary with, like they're the same age. Yeah, uh, sure I think of the are. Beatles as obviously older than me because they're. Like, they seem yeah. wiser as well as they literally are older. But imagine they're just like the dipshits down the road, and they're like, "Yeah, <laughs> like look at what they did."
1: Yeah, exactly. They just changed the world. That's yeah. all.